Probably the most annoying question that I've ever gotten from a student is, why do I even need to know this? And that's following closely behind the number one, which was, what do I need to do to pass this class? We're not going to be talking about grading today, but we are going to be talking about letting our students know what they're going to be learning and how it actually applies to their learning, their goals, and their future. And I'll admit, as annoying as that question is, it is a little bit of a gut check because the only reason that my students had no idea why what we were doing that day, why my lesson, my my unit, why our assignments and activities, what the point was, was because I didn't do a very good job of explaining to my students what the learning outcomes were and what they actually looked like when students met those outcomes. Maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about in addition to applying great teaching principles. Before we get too far into our episode, I do want to talk to my friends who are overwhelmed and stressed because of the many preps that you need to teach this year. It is one thing to be able to reduce those preps, but another thing to get through the planning and the juggling of what actually it takes to maintain that schedule until you can actually reduce those preps. So I've been working on a mini course that can help you set up your structure so that you can start removing some of that stress and the overwhelm that you might be feeling by teaching so many preps. The purpose of this course is to help you get organized and reduce those extra things that you're doing and create some systems that will actually make the planning and the teaching of multiple preps doable, at least as long as you want to have that schedule. So if that's you, I would love to have you in my beta group. And to do that, come and join my waitlist, which is at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C.com waitlist. And I will get you more information as it becomes available. Let's get back to our episode. Let's start by talking about what learning outcomes actually are. So I did a simple Google search and pulled up that it is a user-friendly statement that tells a student or students what they will be able to do at the end of a period of time. So whether that is your class period, your unit, your lesson, your week, your quarter, your semester, or the entire course. Before we put the cart before the horse, we need to actually decide what are essential standards, power standards, or learning targets, which can all pretty much be the same thing, but some schools and districts call them different things. But what are your students really going to learn from your class? So before you come up with learning outcomes, you need to decide what those standards are. And episode one, which I will link in the show notes, 
I talk about a system that I use to create my essential standards or find them based on standards that might already exist in your state. Or even if you need to make them up, how to make sure that you find out which are those exact essential or power standards that you are going to go off of. Now, one key thing in that episode is that you don't want very many power standards or essential standards. You actually want the fewer, the better, because it will really help you hone in on what your students need to learn and be able to do by the time they leave your class. Now, another thing to think about is what should they know when they come to your class? This is a great opportunity for you to work as a collaborative team or work with your feeder schools and feeder teachers to find out what is it that they have as ideas of these essential standards and these learning outcomes from their classes. What do they feel like are the most important things? And it could require some discussion for you guys to figure out what exactly you feel like would be some key elements, key objectives, key outcomes to have those students know and be able to do before they go from one program to another program. So back to our definition, the first sentence or first part of the sentence is that they should be user-friendly statements. And let's be honest, most of the time when standards are written, they are written in edu-speak and written by someone who has a higher degree, not a student who is in your class, whether they be a seventh grader or they be a senior, they definitely don't speak like they just came out of graduate school. So I do want to tell you that I have found a simple tool that you can use online, which is awesome and lets you know what you type what grade level it's actually at. So it is the Hemingway app and I'm not endorsed to endorse them or whatever, not affiliate, but it's just an awesome tool. And quite frequently I use it a lot, especially when I'm sending out newsletters. And I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but when you write things and then you can copy and paste your text onto their website, then we'll actually tell you which grade level that that sentence or group of sentences, paragraphs is written at. And remember, most textbooks are actually written at a fifth or a sixth grade level. So that's what you're shooting for. If you are teaching fifth or sixth graders, you're probably going to want to shoot for some lower level grades. But if you're doing high school, fifth and sixth grade, it's going to be awesome. You'd actually be surprised at how many students really struggle with reading and they may not comprehend what your learning objectives are based on the vocabulary and the sentence structure that you use. So Hemingway app is the website to use and it is awesome because you do want to create user-friendly statements that will help students, once again, know what they will be able to do by the end of your class. We're going to take this a step further because not only should students know what they are to be learning, they actually need to know what it looks like or how they know when they know. 
I know that it really makes sense. But one of the questions that I ask when I'm observing a teacher is I ask a student, what are they learning today? How do they know that they've learned what they're supposed to learn? And then how will the teacher know that they know? And with those learning outcomes, and if they are laid out properly so that the student actually can understand what's going on, and then they act, they know how they've met proficiency, it makes it a lot easier for students to have those small wins and feel that success that they learned something that day and they learned something in your class, which goes back to having that great relationship with students. There's also a couple other key stakeholders where this really matters. I already mentioned admin as I go and observe, but your parents want to know what learning objectives or learning outcomes you have for your students. And if they want to help their students, they want to know what that looks like. They want some examples so that they can help their students, especially if their students are struggling. The other people who really benefit from knowing your learning outcomes and what proficiency looks like are your counselors. Remember, they are the ones that can really, really help fill your classes and know what is going on in those classes and help guide students who might do really well in your classes and your subjects. So remember that it's not only about the student, but you've got the parents, the admin, and the counselors who really benefit from knowing and understanding your learning outcomes. So as a review, a learning outcome is user-friendly statement that tells a student what they will be able to do at the end of a particular period of time. And you come up with your learning outcomes after you have determined what your essential standards, your power standards, or your learning targets, which are all the same thing, what those really are. So you take those and you create your learning outcomes. And the reason that you have learning outcomes is so that your students know what they will be able to do, also what it looks like, and then also having your parents and your admin and your counselors so that they can be your advocates and really help your students and you. All right, it's homework time. So what you are going to be doing now is creating or writing your learning outcomes for each of your classes. Remember, the fewer the better. And use that Hemingway app so that you write it in student-friendly language. Also, think about how the vertical alignment will work when someone is coming to you from another program and then maybe even if they're going from your level one to your level two, what are those key standards, those key learning objectives that students need to know? And if you really can drill down and come up with those ideas, they make great pre and post assessments to see whether or not your students are actually meeting those standards, those objectives, and those outcomes. And then it helps you as a teacher know what you need to adjust or focus on more for next time. 
If you feel like you would benefit from a little bit more help on this, make sure that you join my waitlist so that you can find out about that mini course because objectives and standards are a thing that we are really going to focus on and make sure that we have gotten you on the right path so that you can reduce your stress and your overwhelm. And that's at kristenmasick.com forward slash waitlist. Until next week. Bye.